we're wrapping up our discussion on our own self-limiting beliefs based on the Dickens process. We started with success, then moved to reading, and today we discuss physical fitness. Now, we doubt anyone would dispute that physical fitness matters, but our question is why? When you work out, you get sweaty, you ache a little bit, how does that help right now? Now, now. And what does physical fitness have to do with leadership? Stick with us. We think we can answer this one. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the KL Podcast. As always, we are thrilled to have... Josh, whenever I do that intro, I feel like I look at your face and you, you're laughing at me every time. Do you think it's funny that I say that? I, and I don't even realize I'm saying the same thing every single I, week. If, if I am... If there's a smile or if it looks like I'm laughing, Henry, it is out of sheer pleasure. I don't, think, I don't think you sound funny. I don't realize that I'm smiling or laughing, but oh, well, it, you know, it, it makes me happy, but I had to ask because I yeah. wanted to know if you were uh, honestly you were thinking it's true. I noticed that too, Henry. Josh yeah. looks like a kid trying not to laugh in church. <laughs> honestly, it's introspective because I'm like, I am not prepared for this, but let's roll, man. Let's do it. <laughs> normally normally and we'll let you in on an insider secret normally there's a lot of like kicking the can down the road before we actually kick this thing off but i just went straight into it josh hit record and i went straight into it boom yeah. so that was part Head of the first. reason why so we're now we're kicking the can down the road after we've started the podcast so congratulations everybody and hey thanks again for joining us uh you know we're gonna finish the uh we're closing out the trifecta here on our dickens process uh conversation from the very beginning of the year with our, with our main man, Tim Carger, we're putting him out on the chopping block today to discuss uh, his self-limiting belief that uh, maybe he didn't need to work out. Maybe, maybe uh, exercise wasn't that important. See, you, you no? already screwed it up, Henry, <laughs> oh, because that's not it at all. What is it? I though? hate it when you do that. Like, lift, I, you say one Secretly, thing, you love it when I do it. Let me you put that in the Henry translator, and I'll tell you what he really meant to say. If you ever want an answer from Tim, you just tell him what you think is true, though you know it's wrong, yeah. and he will be more than happy to give you the correct answer. <laughs> yeah. So my Dickens process, the my self-limiting belief, was actually that I did, had not in the past believed that weight training was beneficial to me. Put that into the Henry Pyle translator. <laughs> Tim doesn't care about exercise. <laughs> He thinks it's okay to be not fit. So Tim, Tim doesn't want to be fit. Uh, yeah, so Tim didn't care about weight training. Didn't right. think it was beneficial, but upon That's reflection, right. as he looked at his you know, present and future self, he realized ah, maybe there's some value to, uh, to weight training. It's not about being some muscle-bound superhero. That's true. Although, yeah. although you do kind of look like that sometimes, Tim. I mean, you're, what are you, like <laughs> well, six, eight? I mean, you're a monster. If you think already. so now, Henry, you just wait. Just wait. <laughs> Regarding the Dickens process, you know, when each one of us articulated our self-limiting beliefs, Josh's was more about self-discovery because there was some confusion about how he defined success. He didn't feel successful. And that was kind of the self-discovery situation. And then even though, you know, generally you wouldn't group reading and weight training together in many conversations, the common thread there, I, they're really similar because sure. I think Henry and I, it's all about self-discipline. Yeah. Really. It's 
you know, because I think there's going to be some similarities in this conversation to our last episode about reading, because I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of controversy around is physical fitness and exercise beneficial. And I am giving Henry a hard time about twisting the weight training into generalization of fitness and exercise. But I think a lot of our conversation is going to revolve around fitness and exercise, even though I never said that I don't think fitness and exercise is important. But we are going to shift the conversation there because it's relevant to being a great leader and living a healthy life. Interesting, interesting combination. Okay, so we're not going to blow anybody's minds here by talking about the value of fitness. But what we are going to do is is connect it somehow. I mean, we're hoping we're going to figure out how to connect this back to being a better leader. But like Tim said, the real thing that we're talking about is self-discipline wrapped up in a conversation about physical and emotional fitness. Yeah. So, so Tim, let's, you know, let's, can we, can we uh, like do a little quick dissect on, on uh, like a real quick debrief on your, on your Dickens process, since we've already gone into it. I think what we need to do is lay that groundwork. Why did you think that, that, um, that weight training wasn't important and, and what changed your mind? My belief was, and it's been through my entire life that weight training specifically isn't really beneficial to me. And I'm a very active person. That's why I was giving Henry trouble earlier because I am active. I mean, I am on the move all day long. I'm coaching. Even when I'm taking calls at work, I'm walking. You know, we have these step challenges all the time. You know, I'm sure everybody's familiar <laughs> with those. You know, how, how many steps you take in a day? I'm a beast in those things because I never stop moving. I mean, I go 20, 25, 30,000 steps a day. But, and, and I felt like, you know, play some ball with my kids, coach a little bit. I'm always on the move. I'll be fine. No, no, I don't really care to look like a bodybuilder. So why would I weight train? And then just recently, I realized through reading, (laughs) tie it back to the last episode, I realized that it's not about me getting bigger and being, having a bodybuilder body. It's about preserving my muscle. And a lot of this has to do with my stage in life. You know, I mean, I don't want to turn this into some kind of geriatric workshop, but let's be honest. I mean, your perspective and your body both changes as you get older. And, you know, I'm at a place now, this is the pivot right here. I circled the runway long enough. But when I realized that by not weight training, I was losing muscle and it wasn't about gaining muscle. It was about just preserving my muscle. I mean, that is when I was like, wow, I don't want to lose muscle. That's, that's scary to me. And then also the other piece of that is longevity, not just how many days I live in my life, but it's how many quality days that I live. You know, how many days will I walk? How strong is my core? Um, You know, how, how susceptible am I to falling? You know, this is a, this is long-term vision, but I don't think it's a good idea to wait until you're 75 and say, I think I'll start weight training for the first time in my life. So yeah, that's a lot of words, but I think that lays pretty good groundwork. Yeah, yeah. there you go. I'll go tell ahead, you what was really eye-opening for me as you kind of walk through that, even in the first episode, Tim, but when we were going through the Dickens process is I've, I've said on several calls that I'll do, I'll go to great lengths to, to enhance the quality of my emotional life or my social life, right? And I tied it into being a peacemaker and all of that, you know, and, and even at home, like, 
the quality of my life is super important to me. And, and I've never really overlaid that on, onto the physical aspect. Right. And if I'm not taking care of that stuff now, I am, I am taking years off of quality life in my life. And that was super eye-opening for me, you know? So I, I, you know, I appreciated you bringing that up. And I also wanted to say today's episode is brought to you by Centrum Silver. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm I'm messing around, but Hey, Hey Tim, I I just wanted to to put that in there because it it really allowed me to tie two different areas of my life, but with the same focus of, of quality of life. But how's, how's that going for you so far? Thank you for asking. It's actually going very well. Uh, and, and I'm proud of it. And I know that sounds like tongue in cheek, but I actually am. I'm pretty proud of myself so far. So I actually started this before the Dickens process. So, you know, I had a bit of a head start. I started on December 1st. And last night was the 58th consecutive day that I've worked out. Nice. Wow. So yeah, with job. With, you know, I will say Saturday's my day off. So I only work core on Saturdays. I don't work with kettlebells or dumbbells. And that's what, that's how I've been working um, six days a week on, well, actually three days a week on kettlebells, three days a week on dumbbells. I alternate them. And then I'm off on Saturdays and I just do core, which I do every day. So I do, I've done 58 days in a row of core. Um, so it's going well. I mean, I would say it's a habit right now. I would. Can you, can you talk for a second, Tim, about why that's important, why the 58 days in a row is important and the fact that you know that, why is that important? Yeah, well, I think tracking your progress is very important. And, you know, this is not me patting myself on the back. This is actually, it's going to sound like I'm patting myself on the back, I know, but it's actually me showing you my gaps and my weaknesses I know good and well that if I make an excuse and I stop, that won't be the, that won't be the last excuse. If I give myself a break, then I will just, I'll, I'll find other reasons to break. And so I have actually been on vacation since December 1st. We went to Colorado, we skied, skied for nine days in a row. And I worked out every day that we skied. I took the dumbbells with me. Um, I've had COVID that was hard. <laughs> I was tired, <laughs> but I did not miss a day. I mean, I just, I'm at, my mindset is that if I miss a day, then I know I'll miss other days because if I can justify one excuse in my head, then I'll justify some others. And so, you know, I've honestly, the way that I've gotten around that is rather than have a scheduled time in the day, I'm like, the sooner, the better, as soon as you have the energy to do it, do it, knock it out. And then it's not hanging over your head, but you know, and there have been some nights where I've gotten to the end of the day and I'm like, I have not done this. I've got to do it. Yeah. Uh, But it's, it's critical to not miss a day and it's critical to track your progress. I I didn't mean to get down the road because I, but I did want to talk about that because I think that that's an important part. I know we're getting down the road on like how we're going to approach the whole conversation here, but understanding that building that chain, that unbreakable chain strengthens the likelihood that you will continue uh, because you want to keep exit off that calendar. And if you listen to the atomic habits um, episode, then you'll understand more about why that's so important. But speaking of 
why it's important. Maybe we should just talk for a moment here about some of the science, the medical aspect of why it's important to exercise just in general. Let's, let's just cover these bases. I think everybody gets that it's important, but it's also, I mean, there are some real specific reasons why, no matter how old you are, 25, 45, or 75, but I think not only is it, is it making your muscles strong, but it's also strengthening your heart. It's yes. burning off fat. It's creating lean muscle. And uh, these are the things like you think about why do athletes work out? Well, because it protects them from injury, you know, whenever they're, whenever they're strong and their muscles are stronger. Yeah. And I think relevant to our COVID infested world right now, it makes you resilient to illness. So it builds your immune system as well. Yep. I mean, although ironically, I just said, yeah, I started working out 58 days ago and I got COVID, but you know, <laughs> that's just it the way it goes. It I didn't really through. prove my there point, but yeah. The science says that it does build your immune system. Um, exercise helps you there. So, you know, to Henry's right. point, prevent injury, prevent illness. Um, it also gives you more energy, which I think just like, for most people, I think that may be the piece that we don't understand because you think about exercise as actually draining energy but it actually creates energy. I was going to comment something similar to that, Tim, but it, it ties into what you just said also. I think we need to start looking at it as, as money in the bank, right? Or an investment for our, yep. future, for our future state. Well, like what you called out our well-being, you're going to be healthier longer. You're going to be upright longer, but it's the same with energy. I think we, we look at exercise as, you know, taking something out, but actually you're, you're, you're putting energy in your body and creating energy and it gives you, it, it creates more. Right. And so I, I think that's, yeah. that's a difficult thought process to, to overcome or misconception. And I'm, I'm speaking for myself, right. Because at yeah. the end of the day, if I'm spent and I'm tired, the last thing I want to do is exert more energy and be more tired. But the fact is you're, 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 you're putting what I'm calling money in the bank. Right. And it's, it, it builds interest and you, it creates more. I'll tell you something that I thought of, about a lot through this process. And I'm the same way as you, Josh. Traditionally, I've kind of, if I don't have the energy, I'm like, man, I cannot work out. I do not have the energy for this. And I keep going back. I don't remember which episode it was that we discussed it, but it's very familiar to me. And I ran across it again when we were preparing for this, is the idea that motivation comes after you start yeah. and not before. So you don't get motivated to start. I actually think we were is procrastination is where we were talking about it because we were talking about a paper. Like you don't get motivated to start writing a paper. You start writing the paper and then you get motivated and you can say the same thing about exercise because the motivation comes after you start and not before. So you can't wait for it. So motivation is the result of action and not the, not the cause of it. And how I've gotten over that hump just personally is I do a little five minute plank exercise it's the first thing that I do. And there's been some times where I've been like, that's all I'm doing today. I can't lift. I'm just going to do the plank and I'm done. And then I spend five minutes working on my core, doing that plank exercise. And in five minutes, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm ready to go. <laughs> so, you know, I don't, I don't know that the plank exercise that I do would work for everybody, but if you can find some little thing to kind of light the fuse, then I think you're money. But if you can't get started, then you're not going to get motivated. If you've never done plank, 
you just get into a push-up position on your, you know, your palms, or you can go down on your, on your elbows and forearms, but you yeah. just hold it. And I use my phone and set a timer. And you know what you're talking about here, Tim, is, uh, is as, as you're holding that position and your body starts to shake, you know what I'm talking about? The whole thing starts shaking and you start sweating and you realize that you haven't been breathing. You're like, oh, I should probably start breathing right now. I can barely hold. <laughs> your heart rate is also increasing, which means that it's the beginning of that endorphin release. And that's a really critical part of not only your physical wellness, but then the emotional wellness. This is the other benefit that comes from it. Josh was saying earlier about how you get this energy. You guys were talking about, you know, this energy release that you get. You get this endorphin release. It also increases your overall wellness. So now it transitions into how it makes your brain feel. If you're a middle of the day workout person, you come back from that feeling recharged and ready to crush the second half of the day. And you feel really positive about the outlook on the day. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's good, Henry. And I'll tell you guys a funny story. It just it popped up in my head as you were talking through that. And we've discussed it in previous calls, but I, I am a morning person. I'm the only one in my house that's a morning person. And so ideally my exercise happens in the morning right? Cause that's when I feel most productive. That's yeah. when I feel most alert. That's when I've got the most energy and <laughs> my wife is not a morning person. All right. So there's times when I am like on a high because endorphins are pumping. I, you know, I've got some work in, I've got a, you know, some workout in and I'm ready for a great day. And I've got to, I don't want to say tippy toe, but I've got to be careful. How I approach my wife because she needs a ramp, right. To get warmed up yeah. into her day. And so it's funny because we, you know, we're, we're not on equal footing in the morning. And then on Mondays specifically, she teaches a fitness class. Shout out to Crunch Fitness in Round Rock. <laughs> and in the evenings, I am equal to her in the mornings, right? And so she'll come home from teaching her class and endorphins are pumping. She is excited. She She's on the way pump. up and you're on the way down. Exactly. And yeah. I am, many times I am already down, not on the way down. <laughs> By the time she gets home and I am just like, uh, you know, to tie into the Dickens process. I am full blown Ebenezer Scrooge when she gets home. <laughs> and it's funny because we've got to, I don't want to say avoid each other, but we're just, we're careful around each other, me in the morning and her in the evenings when we're on those highs. But it's just a, a funny story to say it's real. It is real that if you can, if you can get that work in, it, it creates a positive outlook. It creates more energy. It creates just a healthier mindset for you. Yeah. And to your point, Josh, you know, you build some positive energy and then you can kind of leverage that as you go through the day. I read something that said, you know, it might take you 30 days to create a habit, but that habit could change your life for the next 30 years. And it might take you yeah. an hour to complete a workout, but that workout will keep you in a good mood for the next 12 hours. Or it might take you 30 minutes to complete a morning routine, but that'll build momentum for the rest of the day. So you kind of have to look at, you know, at that time spent as an investment and your the payoff is going to be residual, you know, for a period of time, whether that's the rest of the day, whether that's the rest of the week, month, whatever. Um, but you're investing in the future when you, when you put in that work. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's such a great point. Okay, so I think at this point, uh, we can all agree that exercise is incredibly good for you, both physically and uh, mentally or mentally and emotionally. My question is, if, if we all know that and, you know, we're at least of average intelligence, 
Yeah, <laughs> some incredibly everybody... average. Yeah, incredibly average. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't people exercise? Well, that's a great question, Henry. And it's, it's, I think it's not fun for a lot of people. Right. And we read a lot about discomfort. And there's a thousand bullets underneath that. And I felt like for every bullet that I read, I knew somebody, I was picturing someone's face with every bullet that I read, but you know, it was, I don't like to sweat. Yeah. I don't like being too hot. I don't like being too cold. I don't like being out of breath. You know, I don't want to take a shower and get fixed up because I'm all a mess when I get finished working out. I don't like being sore. There's just a lot of it. You know, I would say they're excuses, but they're, they're truth, but it's temporary discomfort. Right. And when you allow that to dictate your actions, you kind of lose your way a little bit. Have you noticed that um, when people have these kind of issues, I don't like to sweat. I don't want to have to shower. I don't want to have to bring a change of clothes. I don't really have the time. If you went through one by one and, and said, well, you can do it at the end of the day. You can walk out in your gym clothes and get in your car and leave. Uh, you're going to shower anyway. If you just like, like fixed the entire picture so that it, it solved all their problems, they still aren't going to do it. Yeah, they, people would still come up with excuses not to do it. Yeah. You just have I, to get I, yourself there. Yeah. And, you know, we read, I think we read somewhere where it said, focus on your short-term gains. And I actually, for me, the long-term gains are what motivated me. Right. But you have to find whatever it is that makes it click. I mean, you've got to make it make sense in your brain. And you've got to really, really maniacally focus on that. I want I to tell you guys. Yeah. I want to tell you guys how I approach it, uh, and and specifically with running, uh, because this is the one that I've had the most experience with. Um, I got to where I was running really long distances, and I stopped. And then starting again after taking a three month break meant that I was all practically starting at zero, and I was so irritated because I could run fifteen miles, and then all of a sudden I was struggling to want to run three, and I didn't want to do it. And I think yeah. the truth, if I look back and I was really honest, the truth was I was embarrassed that I couldn't run the distance that I thought I could run. I felt yeah. ashamed of myself because I thought I'd worked really hard and let it all go. And it took me two years to finally realize that it wasn't the distance that I was running that mattered. It wasn't the amount of time I spent running that, was, that mattered. It was just that I was running. And I changed my whole mindset from how far or how long can I run to what do I feel about myself as I'm running. It went from going for a run to being a runner and that changed everything. Yeah. I still don't run those distances, but I love it when I'm running. I, I, my wife says, why do you run if you're not going to run races? Why do you run races if you're not going to try to be first? I say, because I want to see if I can do it. I just want to, yeah. I just want to go through, I want to, it's tough and I want to get through how tough it is. Yeah. You just yeah. touched on something there, Henry, which I think is one of the most critical pieces of this entire conversation when you said I'm a runner. So that's an identity change. This goes back to James Clear and Atomic Habits. If you haven't listened to that, by the way, it's our most popular episode. Um, but when you change your identity, then the behavior kind of follows that. And so the idea is that you want to change who you are rather than focusing on what you do. And a really good example is if you're at a party and somebody offers you cake, 
you know, a lot of times we might say, no, thanks. I'm trying to lose weight. So that's behaviorally focused. So another way you could respond though, is if someone offers you cake, you say, no, thanks. I don't eat cake. So you've identified yourself as a non cake eater. (laughs) That's your identity. And just like Henry said, I'm a runner. So, you know, rather than thinking to yourself, I'm trying to work out. You just say, I work out. I'm a weightlifter. And, 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 and the truth is, if you go to the gym and talk to guys, talk to anybody who's working out and, and you feel embarrassed because you can't lift a, a ton of weight, like you see some people at the gym do, they'll tell you they all started lifting very lightweight. Many of them will tell you lifting lightweight is just as good as lifting heavyweight. You just lift it more times. To put a bow on that identity discussion, that's actually a term that psychologists call consistency bias. And what it means is that we have a tendency to act in a way that's consistent with our self-identity, even if it doesn't make sense. But if we have presented our identity, then we want to back that up. (laughs) It can be infuriating sometimes (laughs) because people have just decided this is their identity and it doesn't make sense. But in this case, I actually think it's beneficial when it comes to exercise, running, weightlifting, what have you. If you identify as someone who does that, you're a weightlifter, you are a runner, you are a cross trainer, then you want to behave in a way that backs that up. Now, for those of you who wondered how we were going to connect physical fitness and weight training back to leadership, hang on because it's about to happen right now. If you can uh, embrace uh, a a healthy routine and build good habits, then you've got a lot of the building blocks that go into becoming a great leader. You know, these, these are the same kind of elements. You've got to be ready to face a challenge. You can't succumb to being embarrassed about not knowing how to do something. And you have to know who you are and, uh, and be able to stand up to whatever's in front of you. So exercise can make you a great leader, right? So how, how does that work? Well, the piece that resonated with me revolved around relieving stress and anxiety, Mm -hmm. uh, because I think, you know, there's not much argument exercise relieves stress and anxiety. And when you have less or no stress and anxiety, you make better decisions. And when you make better decisions, you're a better leader. I mean, that's the thread that I followed. Um, when somebody you know, just asked me the question, how can exercise make you a better leader? Well, I think it leads to a better place of mental health where you make better decisions and good leaders make good decisions. Yeah. And, and part of uh, exercise requires a high level of discipline, being able to run or lift weights or meditate or do yoga that requires a lot of control. And if you have a high level of discipline and really good self-control, those are two great qualities for, uh, for leadership. I'll tell you the other piece that resonated with me directly related to stress and anxiety and making good decisions. So there's something called the law of mimicry. I don't know if you two saw that or not, but it says that as leaders, our team members will duplicate our behavior patterns. So if we're taking really good care of our own body, then our team will follow suit. 
And so if you are alleviating stress and anxiety by working out, then your team is more likely to do the same thing. And I, you know, don't we all want a team that has as little stress and anxiety as possible? Don't we all want a team that's making great decisions? Um, it all fits together really nicely when you click down a couple of times. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I, I just reiterate, we've said it on several calls. <laughs> you you called it out, I think, on the last one too, Tim. You, you can't give what you don't have, right, as a leader. And then also the, the behavior you model is the behavior you make the norm and acceptable. And, and those types of activities, they model accountability, accountability. They model dedication. Like you mentioned, they model good decision-making. And so absolutely, absolutely, it can make you a better leader. And I'm going to throw this in there too. Uh, it's just something that I believe if, uh, if you do happen to go to the gym or you do happen to be part of a running club or something like that, uh, those are great spots to recruit people for your team. I believe because the people who are regulars in those kind of activities, they understand how long it can take to accomplish a goal. They understand how small gains that seem in, you know, that other people can't even see actually stack up over time to make a huge difference. Yeah. I think that's really interesting, Henry, because, you know, I read a piece when we're getting ready for this and it said something like, if you're in shape, uh, you make more money, or if you're in shape, you're more likely to be a leader. And the way it was written, I felt like they were saying, yeah, get in shape and they'll pick you to be a leader or they'll <laughs> pick you to make more money. When the reality is, I think when you're physically fit, some of those same attributes that you've used to make yourself physically fit. So self-discipline, you know, motivation, executing long-term goals, those same attributes translate into being a really, really good worker and a really, really strong leader. I mean, I think it's the core attributes that translate and not just the fact that, oh, aesthetically you're pleasing. And so they're like, <laughs> you are a leader. Um, I didn't really like the way that was written, but I do think, you know, we can easily see how they're connected. One last thing to add, and I think everybody knows at this point, that I love the scientific aspect of these conversations. There have been a lot of comparative studies between people who exercise and people who don't exercise. And what those studies have concluded is that exercise boosts your brain's health and function. And people who exercise in almost every study have consistently shown that they outperform non-exercisers in tests that measure long-term memory, reasoning, attention, problem-solving, creativity, and fluid intelligence. So if you're the person who needs a data point or a study or science to back up what we're talking about here, that is available. We see the connection between uh, physical fitness, emotional wellness, and leadership. So how do we get started? Well, I think we've touched on this a little bit, Henry. Um, and I go back to the self-discipline piece, but just a few tips to get yourself going. I think, you know, we, once again, we're comparing this to the reading. So do less more often. Don't feel like you need to block off two hours to work out. You know, if how you long, can how, do, Tim, I'm curious, I'm sorry to cut you off, but how long do you work out? Yeah, no, it's a great question. Uh, it takes me about 30, 40 minutes. So 
You can do that in lunchtime at lunchtime and still have yeah. time to eat lunch. I could. I could. Yeah. I mean, the plank exercise takes five minutes. So on my quote unquote off day, it's a five minute workout. Yeah. And I'll just tell you one other thing. One other thing that you'll think is comical, Henry, because this is just the kind of thing that I tell you and you just like completely roll your eyes. So <laughs> I did some reading. And so two pieces of strength that are just critical as you get older. One is core. No surprise there. The other, you want to guess what it is or should I just tell you? Take a guess. Um, is it glute? No, I think that goes with core. core okay. It's grip. <laughs> grip. It's what is called irradiating strength. So if you can improve your grip strength, then you improve your arm strength, your shoulder strength, even up into your neck. Oh no. Yeah. I've been working is. on my grip. <laughs> do you, do you grow a mustache and wear a cutoff shirt whenever you do that? <laughs> so for everyone who can't see us, I just held up like one of those old school grippers. It's, it's 60 pounds of pressure. Spring loaded. We've had so much fun with that around my house because my wife walks in while I'm on a call for work and I just look like the biggest meathead. I'm just sitting in the chair, just Working on the grip, Henry. Yeah. <laughs> just that's getting a, ready. Working on the grip. It's a little more Jack Lane than a meathead, but uh, there you go. All right. So if you're trying to figure out where to get started, you can just start working on your grip. Back uh, to the original point. Yeah. You do less, but more often. And, you know, like Henry said, my workout takes 30 to 40 minutes a day. And I've experienced some great results so far. I mean, I, I feel much better. Yeah. Um, and that's most important. But I think you break up the day a little bit, you break up your routine, you mix it up. I think one of the biggest dangers uh, for people not maintaining an exercise routine is that they get bored with it. So you need to mix up your routine. I know we're talking to a lot of corporate warriors right now, and I will just tell you, I sound like the most corporate blue blood ever saying this, but I have designed my workout schedule around my fiscal quarters. Oh, <laughs> so I'm changing. <laughs> I'm, I am changing my workout every quarter. It's easy for me to keep track of All right. because I certainly know when the quarters begin and end at work. And so as they would have it today is the last day of my quarter. So I already have the Q1 workout teed up. It's the way I roll. Henry. He loves a plan. I love it so much. <laughs> That's it. Hey, listen, if it works for you, I, I suggest get a trainer. And I think yes. that whenever you make a financial investment into something like this, you are much more likely to go and do it. Plus, your, yep. your trainer is not going to kill you. You're going to tell your trainer exactly where you're at. The trainer wants you to come back. Otherwise, they don't make any more money. So they're going to start you on a, on a, on a journey and uh, they're going to teach you a lot of the things that we're not going to be able to teach you because <laughs> we're not physical fitness trainers. I had a trainer for about a year. I loved it. It was the best shape I'd ever been in. I went twice a week. That was it. Twice a week. Uh, yeah. Fantastic. Nice. If you don't want to pay for a trainer, you know, maybe a workout buddy, some level of accountability really helps a lot of people. So maybe yeah. it's a trainer, maybe it's a workout buddy. So many of these conversations we circle the runway for 30, 45 minutes, then it comes down to do what works for you. Yeah. Yeah. But we are given some suggestions. <laughs> you know, you here's go. a menu. Pick which one yeah. you like. 
Yeah, I mean, another thing that I'd call out, and it's going to it's going to take an exercise of self awareness, and you know, to go back in in this conversation. I don't remember if it was you, Henry, or you, Tim, but somebody said, focus on your short-term goals. And then I know you, Tim, you said, well, you know, for me, it's really focusing on my long-term goals and, and where I want to be. But, you know, to me, it, it can be either one of those, depending on the person, right? So exercise some self-awareness to know what, what you respond to the most and build in some short-term goals if, if you need instant gratification or immediate gratification. And if not, you know, put that carrot way out in front of you and, and start going after it, right? And identify what it is that motivates you the most. Uh, another thing I would say is in this day and age, utilize technology, right? When you can bake it into your day or make it more efficient. I know over yeah. quarantine, we used the heck out of the Peloton app. Um, and we didn't have a Peloton, but the app itself just had so many workouts on it that we could do and we could engage in even as a family, right? So find something to do maybe like that. Um, and then baking some things that you enjoy also, or maybe that it, it bolters or amplifies, bolsters or amplifies other areas of your life. And I say that because actually tonight, you know, my wife and I are going to our second dance lesson, right? Uh -oh. And yeah, you, you know, and I've, I've mentioned it before. I mean, I do not belong on a dance floor. That is not my natural habitat, <laughs> but I know my wife loves to dance. I know enough just to get in trouble. So I'm getting better. My wife's happy. She's in a good space. It helps our marriage. It helps us bond. And we're getting in a workout. I mean, I leave that place sweating, quite honestly. And so, you know, yeah. find find things that you can bake in that that maybe, you know, amplify other areas of your life that are important to you also. Yeah, so those are really good tips, Josh. Two, two things that I'll just add before we wrap this thing. So one, be kind to yourself. Yeah. You know, if... I think we said this before, but the only bad workout is no workout. So get something in there. You know, James Clear is big on quantity rather than quality. And we kind of had to check ourselves when we first read that. We're like, is he really saying that? But he really was. It's like, hey, a very brief workout, better than no workout at all. So be kind to yourself. If you can't do exactly everything that you want, just get a workout in. And then the second thing is, and maybe most important of everything we've talked about, listen to your body. You know, I think this is 2022. Uh, Vince Lombardi is not our personal trainer. No pain, no gain. <laughs> it's not really accurate. I mean, there, you do not have to hurt to make gains. And if your body is screaming at you, please listen to it. Okay. Don't hurt yourself. Yeah. That's all great advice. Uh, so good. I, and you know, we've danced around this one a number of different times. Everybody sort of mentioned it. The last thing I'll add onto this is create a schedule. Like Tim said, he's got a, you know, he's Xing off his calendar. He's got a, he knows how many times in a row he's done it. You get there by creating a schedule, whatever time of day or whatever day of the week or days of the week work for you, dedicate it and don't let anything else interrupt that. That's the quickest way to building that habit. So at this point, I think we, we kind of got it. We, Tim, I mean, do you feel like uh, that you've got everything you need to be successful as you, as you move forward through your Dickens process? Oh, yeah. I feel like I'm in a really good place. Awesome. I do, too. Josh, how do you feel about it? I do. I do. And I mentioned in, in the previous call, um, I feel like I'm in a good space with, with kind of redefining success and, and you know, putting myself in a better mental space. But I'm also feeling good about following lead with you two because I do want to read more and I do want to get more physically fit. So I'm, I'm the trifecta right here, man. 
Awesome, Josh. Well, we got to up our grip strength. Tim, <laughs> why don't you just summarize this for us? What did we learn today? Well, I think we learned some things, and then we also reminded ourselves of some other things that may seem obvious, but it's always nice to revisit them. Exercising is certainly beneficial to us, both physically and emotionally. Uh, it's great for our mental health. As a leader, exercise helps our memory, improves our decision-making, relieves stress and anxiety, and increases our creativity and productivity. Maybe most important for leaders, our physical fitness encourages and inspires our people to follow suit and improves the overall health of our team. Self-discipline and habit building are the keys to begin our successful journey toward fitness. And as discussed, self-discipline is like a muscle that can only be built with practice. Set reasonable goals, track your progress, listen to your body, and be kind to yourself. Good luck out there. Dedication to physical fitness requires the adoption of good habits. And you're not going to feel successful every day. But sticking to these habits will create improvements that add up over time. It sounds like a good strategy for leadership too, right? For more KL podcasts, visit kindleadershipproject.com, follow us on LinkedIn, or find us on your favorite streaming service. This podcast is an expression of the views of Kind Leadership and its team. We're always open for discussion, so find us on social media and give us your thoughts.